At the dawn of World War II, Eleanor Roosevelt's secret society struggles to keep powerful artifacts away from the global war machine, even as the powers of the ancient world walk the earth once more. This is The Eye of Horus, a Temples and Tombs actual play on the Happy Jacks RPG Network. Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Network. This is The Eye of Horus, episode nine. Uh, this is an exciting time because we are uh, on the home stretch of this entire campaign. And we have decided to uh, go into the uh, climax of the story by uh, descending into the Egyptian afterlife. Uh, Why not? Yeah. Why you know, not? We're trying, to, we're trying to one-up uh, Moon Knight, which has stolen a bit of our thunder. A um, little upset about, about what they're deciding to do. Yeah, they, they got uh, nothing on us. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't have Eleanor Roosevelt. That's for one. Exactly. How many lesbians do they have? Because you got to have at least five. I, I don't know for sure, but I don't think they have any. Wow. A story without lesbians. That's really unusual. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the point? You none know? are stated. There's none on the, on the tin, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's very frustrating if you ask me. Uh, so when we last left our heroes, um, I guess that's putting it gently. Oh, before we do a, re- a re- recap, we should probably do a round table. So let's let's pivot. Let's not recap yet. Uh, I told you I'm Christopher Gray. This is Temples and Tombs. I have Horace. Uh, Emily, who are you? Hi, I'm Emily St. James, and I'm here to play Libby Scarsdale. She's a journalist. She's got a lot going on. She's, uh, you know, gotten up some mischief in recent weeks but she's trying to buckle down can she have it all can she have a great career and a successful personal life we're going to find out that's what this campaign is about uh, libby's uh, it's her birthday still it is still her birthday i just did that because our last session was on my actual life uh libby's birthday so i was like this is an honor of her and now i think it's february 27th yeah. Although, does does time work the same in in the after? Now it'll we'll be your birthday out. forever. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Does time work the same? I don't know. I don't know. I think we might be looking at things fourth dimensionally. Oh my God! Blight has a friend with her with them. This is a puppy dog that looks like a terrier mix. My little boy Chopper. Chopper. Hi, Chopper. To say hi. He decided to come say hi, so I'm making him say hi. That's sweet. Well, while you have the mic, why don't you introduce yourself, Blythe? Hello, I am uh, Blythe. I am playing Scarlet, the director, whose accent seems to change every time. And it's very strange. No one knows where she could possibly be from. And also Chopper says hi, because he wants to, he's being needy and wants pets. <laughs> Chopper. Okay. Uh, and we also have with us, Joe. Hello, my name is Joe Koo. I'm reading for Barry, the ferryman of the River Styx today. Uh, I'm not currently represented. And uh, okay, uh, looking forward to it. Thank you very much. And Slate. <laughs> so if any, uh, if Andrew Garfield's out there, there are two people now that would like to speak with you. <laughs> 
a friend of the show, Andrew Garfield. Uh, <laughs> it's much appreciated. We really appreciate his support, honestly. As you, as you move your sites into production, which we know you're going to. And has, in fact, never said anything bad about Happy Jacks ever. So that is a fact. So, um, yeah, you know, don't don't forget your friends. That's all I'm saying. I'm uh, I just want to I forgot to mention I'm represented by Stella Lanthimos of Beautiful Beautiful Smiles Incorporated of Des Moines, Iowa. So if you want to work with me, give her a call. <laughs> and last but not least, Jason, welcome uh, to the show. That's me. I'm Jason. Um, I am playing a character called uh, Amelia Earhart as uh, an idea I had for a character um kind of wrote her up as as one of the first women aviators and um you know thought that would be kind of a cool sort of unique storyline there uh yeah it hasn't been done no nope. hasn't been done no nope. and uh was was uh lost at sea when an airplane went down actually she crash landed with a ufo and then got some uh technology from them and is a science genius um who no longer has her photonic wrench. Oh, that's a good segue. We can go back into our recap. Yeah, Chris, why don't I have my stuff? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that if you go into the afterlife, the duot of Egyptian mythology, uh, you, you don't get your stuff. I heard the doo-wop. <laughs> <laughs> the doo-wop. <laughs> the, we're, the, no, we're a barbershop quartet from hell. Um, we're the, okay, Egyptian, the Egyptian can we, Listen, that's a great idea for a game. Yeah. The, the barber shop quartet from hell, please. Like, let someone do that. Yeah, it's like part <laughs> Ghost Rider, part yeah. gem. Uh, <laughs> You're making me want it more. It should be an anime. Yeah, part Sailor Moon. Yeah. Oh my god, do they have like magical girl transformations? Yeah, I mean that gems, you know, really I'm sure there were magical girls before gem, but like that's the American magical girl. And I mean, yeah. There were. So, that's amazing. Chris Chris, get to work writing this so we can play. <laughs> All right. We'll put it in the caster system, which is available <laughs> at Highcaster, uh, which is my latest game. Find on Drive Through RPG and Gallant Night Games. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> that's what i'm here for the, the shameless pl- shameless plug i'm good at those so duat um duat <laughs> is the egyptian afterlife and how did you get there glad you asked there was um a portal apparently uh at the bottom of lake, lake victoria in africa and that's where uh they found one of the egyptian ships that take you into the afterlife they went on that ship, and huzzah, they're in the afterlife. Woo! Um, I don't have any of my possessions, but am I still hot? Yeah, well, you're wearing, like, Egyptian linens. I'm pulling it off, though. Yeah, yeah. and that, you know, that, that can look any way you want. Really. Oh, that high thread count cotton? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, do we Ooh. have, like, some ropes we can turn into, like, a little belt? That yeah, Egyptian yeah. cotton. I just watched The Little Mermaid last night. I'm Shut going up. for that look when she first gets on land and is wearing like a, a canvas. Sailcloth. That's, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you saying Egyptian cotton made me think of one movie that like, I think like 12 people remember ever existing, but there's a song called Sheets of Egyptian Cotton. 
the, the few people who remember uh, Uptown Girls. <laughs> like I'm aware people. of it, but I don't remember if I've seen it. Yep. Nope. I, that's I've, a very niche thing for like literally I, not that yeah, many people. I, I saw it. I don't remember anything about it, but. It was a very formative movie for me. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, the linens are ornate. They're not, they're, they're burial linens. They're the sort of thing that you wear when you're, you know, you know, not, it's not brunch wear. This is like, this is church going stuff. Mm. And, you know, they're embroidered with, with uh, gold leaf and, mm. you know, you have tassels that you can use to tie it up however you want. Um, and you even have uh, ornate collars that are made of lapis lazuli and gold. Uh, you know, you're looking, you're looking good for sure. All of you. Thank you. <clears throat> so some of you more than others. Do we all, is it required that it's in sort of a, like a drapey? I was hoping for kind of like a pantsuit situation, but uh, you can make culottes out of it. If you fold it right, you just take the edge sure. and kind of like put it under and yeah, it but up. it's like folding a fitted sheet. So you'll have to make a check to do it. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> wrap it up uh yeah so now, now you look more like you know you're wearing pantaloons but it works uh, i want to pitch that barry's attire is black not white yeah that makes sense because you're the ferryman the berryman the berryman ferryman I was waiting for it <laughs> who it wasn't gonna be a, me who can take a tugboat Sail it down the, the afterlife. I mean, the Candyman can also do that. Did you see that fairy? Apologies see? to the Sammy Davis Jr. estate. Please do not sue us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know this isn't the River Styx. Well, if it is, it's called something else. It's got different names. Same same river, different names. It's like how the Mississippi and Missouri are the same thing. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> Well, one's in the south and one's in the mid. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are uh, uh, definitely on a river, though. Uh, and Barry has picked up some a bunch of people and have uh, piled them onto this boat. We did not pick them up. I thought that you had picked them up. Yeah, but Barry pulled over and was taking everyone's payment. We yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they were giving me silver coins, and I was saying uh, that to the left was uh, the next stop for some of the folks. Oh, I thought you were saying, sorry, we can't do this right now. <laughs> Which is what getting... Scarlet would be telling you to do. <laughs> the boat's getting very crowded right now. I don't know what to Wait, do about It's a that. pretty big boat. Um, if you've seen the Egyptian funerary boats, they kind of, they're, 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 they're not very wide, but they're pretty long. And this one has many many oars. You could probably fit anywhere between twenty to fifty people on this thing. I just personally don't think we have time for this right now. It kind of seems like we have all the time in the world. Uh, no, no, we don't. And Colonel Warden is going away fast. Oh. Now, Scarlet, since time has halted, it's technically still my birthday, so you still could make good on that. Is the, I, I don't know why you keep going. I told you, your birthday's in April. 
Yes, I suppose so. <laughs> Some of these people on this boat are very cold, very chilly. I don't know how I feel about that. It, they seem like they are kind of in a daze. You know, they're just sort of going through the motions at this point, but they are definitely people. Like you're not looking at apparitions, even though, I mean, I think all of you are intellectually aware of what's happening here. Um, you all have enough lore and you you know saw what happened you're looking at yourself and like okay this is the egyptian afterlife and these are lost souls um but they do seem like tangible physical people uh, you don't you don't need to be an apparition to be cold some people just run a little colder christopher it's just a fact um chris are they all in the like sort of drapey attire yeah yeah they're all kind of dressed in this some are, are not as well off as others uh, but you can tell that even the poorer of them have uh, did their best to dress up for this occasion. Um, does it seem like they're mostly from the same time period? No, that's a good question. You can tell that this is from variable time periods okay. that are throughout the old all the way to the new kingdoms. But they're definitely from ancient Egypt. Okay. One other thing that you'll notice is that they're carrying baskets, many of them. Some of the people, especially the ones in nicer linens, have lots of things in their basket. Aha. Uh-huh. Jars of stuff. Things uh, they were theoretically buried with. Yes. Uh, some people don't have many things in their baskets, but you know, there, there's actually one person that has just a single loaf of really dark bread. And you know, they're just kind of walking in with that. But they all have a coin. Well, while well, Barry's collecting other... money, I, I want to kind of step up next to, but a little behind him as he's like, um, Barry, I'm wondering, do you have a clear idea of what happens further down the river to us as a group? Uh, is there something you're concerned about? Well, I'm, I'm concerned about the unalive situation uh, because I I left some work and I, I just need to know if this is. Do I need to just come to terms with this? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, you haven't died. If that is your question, okay, um, I thought so. Chris, when we're traveling through the in the Painted Lady, like when we travel really quickly, we're like trap. We basically cross through all of this, right? And then theoretically, you are yeah, you could have. I mean, there are there's evidence in the Painted Lady that there are waypoints that would be these afterlife places. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're, you're essentially you know transdimensional at this point yeah so i'm just saying that's like this if you kept your eyes open when we did the thing theoretically this wouldn't be that weird right <laughs> i guess in theory for the because i thought you both kept your eyes open and oh i remember yeah i met, i made a point of at least trying to at some point um right yeah, if you had kept your eyes open, um, it would be like the uh, my God is full of stars scenario. Right, okay. Where the world kind of breaks and bends around you, the universe looks gooey, and then suddenly you're in a field of reeds. Uh, Dr. Ear, uh, perhaps I can explain this to you. 
Um, it seems you're having some trouble with the concept. Have you ever ridden on a subway train? They're trains that go beneath the ground. I've yes, ridden on them several times in New York City. This is a lot like a subway train. A bunch of other people have gotten on board with us, and that's all we're doing. We're just riding beneath the earth on the way to our next destination on this subway train. I've never gotten on a train and had my attire and belongings uh, magically vanish and change. Well, then you're not Libby Scarsdale, are you? I mean, who is? She, keep, she keeps an outfit for every situation. She has the literally stink. done every quick change possible. Yes. It's very important that you look your best on the subway train. I'm pretty sure she has them in phone booths so that she can change before getting on the train. Like just has yeah. them stashed throughout the city. Her. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how they don't get stolen, but she does it. It's important. It's important. The Bergen County record always helps. That's that's mm-hmm. that's very nice. They have they have uh, locations everywhere. Um, uh, Except there, here. Do you, know, do you know if there's a bureau for the Bergen County record down here? Who are you asking? I'm asking uh, Barry. Uh, could there be? <laughs> Whatever Barry says will be the truth, and that's just how it's going to be. Well, uh, <clears throat> the, the I'm not sure I should be the one to tell you this, but the organization that you work for, Barry, everywhere. At least here they are. Okay. Well, all right. Here, so everything then... and everyone is all happening all at once. Ah. Oh, so Stanley's down here. All right. We'll have to get in touch. Scarlet was about to get very concerned of like, Barry, you don't know what you, oh God, don't say this. <laughs> no, Barry doesn't. He's, he's, he's yeah. just, yeah. He's uh, in a flow any... right now. Um, yeah, he's I in would... his zoned out <laughs> state. Yeah, so we could get to a Bergen County record, but I don't think that's entirely important right now. I think we need to get to Frank. I see you don't care about the free press. Well, uh, so uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. But uh, you never know when we might need old Stanley to help us out. I mean, Stanley is great, but right now that is not the priority. Unless you can contact him right now and tell him to cut off Frank wherever Frank is going. You know what? I bet I could. Let's find out. (laughs) I want, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my, my gear thing, even though I can't have gear. I'm going to say I have a, a, some, now what could be a thing I would bring into the afterlife that would let me contact Stanley. People keep their bowl. people keep their jewelry in the afterlife, right? Like that's generally a thing that's like true across cultures. Sure. Okay. I have like a Dick Tracy watch <laughs> that lets me talk to Stanley whenever I want. I would love I just love this for Stanley's pain and agony. <laughs> the um the Dick Tracy watch is in a basket uh which has been stowed. And okay. since you're spinning your gear, I'll allow you to find it along with everybody else's belongings. Everything that was on your person okay. is in this basket. Okay. All right. Oh, cool. Every weapon I stash, because I'm the person that you search and has to sit there too long. Right. 
Does that well, include my wrench? Your wrench is in there. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yes, technically this is a device that lets me contact a Bergen County record, uh, like headquarters, but there's only, there's only one man I want to talk to. It's my boy, Stanley. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, I dig out this giant tote full of our stuff. I know it's like a, like a wicker basket made yeah. from bull rushes and whatever, but to right. me, it's a tote that someone bought at the container store. Um, and uh, uh, I, I dig it out and get out my watch and I'm like, uh, tap a few things in and I'm like, Stanley, hello. You hear um, a lot of chaos on the other side. It sounds like maybe explosions. You definitely mm-hmm. hear uh, gunfire. Mm-hmm. rapid succession gunfire and Dan- stanley's sort of in the distance like my god where have you been uh stanley uh can you get to the afterlife now don't i'm in- on my way uh, don't unintentionally come here it's, it's that we have a bureau here i believe we're everywhere you know time space blah 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 if you could get down here and stop a young man named frank warden it'd be Is very helpful what where are you i have been I, waiting for do you have any idea what's going there's an explosion i uh do you have any idea what's going on up here it sounds bad and maybe that's why you should come visit me i'm in the afterlife i'm in duant which is uh the egyptian afterlife i i'm sure you can get here through the bureau system uh, just have someone transfer you in fact i'm going to issue your transfer orders right now to the bureau in duant I'm you transferring you to hell. Are insane, lady. <laughs> and then he hangs up. Well, I'm gonna. I, I do. I do indeed call up the the central headquarters and and reassign uh, Barry to do Whether this will work or not, we'll find out. But... <laughs> All right, noted. We'll see what happens with that. Are clothes in the basket, or is it just stuff? Uh, it's it's just stuff. All right, so. Scarlet's getting really creative with how she's hiding her weapons. <laughs> she's, there's like a shit ton of, like you look at the basket and you're like, there's a ton of knives, a ton of different types of guns. And you're all like, you were packing this the entire time we were around you. It's fallout rules. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there's like some holsters and stuff. But Chris, it uh, it, it, Amelia's having a vague recollection of the aliens trying to explain how this device works, which, you know, was a mixed bag of success. Um, but she's recalling there was something about like pressing it to the inside of your wrist. And, and I think she's thinking like, oh, this is probably for checking your own vitals and that sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm curious to test whether I, I read as, as a, an alive or an unalive, um, and uh, uh, wondering if I could check that somehow. Yeah, um, I, I, I think because we're dealing with, as far as you understand it, dimensional quantum physics, uh, that there are no vitals to check. Okay. That you're, 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 subatomic, you're subatomic now, maybe, or something, but you're not, you know, you don't have blood running through your veins. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I will. Um, so according I will... to according to the device, you're 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 not you're an object. You're not even a person. Right. Not, so not even like a corpse. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I am gonna think about that, <laughs> and basically wait until Barry's loaded everyone up and we're getting underway. Yeah. You know, uh, 
I thought Stanley went and took a job at Woolworths. Now I think maybe Woolworth is at, is at war with the Ben Franklin company. That would be very interesting, wouldn't it? He never made it to Woolworths. Oh, that's right. I kept giving him tasks. Well, <laughs> good for me. So after everybody's loaded, uh, Barry, are you going to continue the voyage? Uh, Barry is going to continue the voyage because he's taken payment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I want to maybe introduce um, the fact that Barry's been looking kind of across the middle distance, but there are black specks across the landscape. And those are not souls that are here yet, but souls that might be coming because of the war that's about to happen. And he's just kind of thinking about all of that as he's taking the 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 charter across the the afterlife and getting people where they need to go. Oh, the um... Scarlet is like you are not the only ferryman. So many people can get rides. Who would have thought this would have turned into an episode of Demigods? What's that? Weird. What is that? I don't know. Jason's not going to plug himself. Um, <laughs> that's a game I made. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Glad you cleared that up. Let's move on. We have a uh, a ship that is going down the river. The river takes a bend uh, and goes towards that looks like Pyramid of Giza uh, uh, set up with large pyramids, a couple of small ones. And the river is actually going directly towards one of the pyramids. And you can see that the it, it's sort of like you know, a universal ride where the water ride is going to take you into the pyramid, you know, and there's this edifice with like all of these statues that are looking actually statues of Anubis on either side, which is the jackal headed God. Um, and so you're kind of going into the pyramid, you know, uh, universal studio style. Okay. That is so specific. Well, I guess um... Disney has those things too. <laughs> I guess we just, just have to pass through, right? Yeah, I mean, unless you could... want to stop the boat, unless you want to get out. Um, yeah, this is really where you're heading. We don't really have a choice because wandering the afterlife is how you get lost in the afterlife. So, hmm. are, are there any markings on the outside of the pyramid or in, anything to indicate whose pyramid? And, like, I don't know if that exists at all, but yes, uh, this is obviously the home of Osiris. Who okay. is the god of the dead? Oh. The very first mummy, right? And essentially the uh, most powerful of the uh, Ennead. Um. Okay. So, well, in in preparation, perhaps I could r- rack my brains for uh, a- appropriate uh, modes of address and, uh, like perhaps things that Osiris might expect from us, uh, visitors. Uh, I, would like to, I would actually like to do that as well. So okay. be like, have in my training, have I prepared for the potential of meeting Osiris? No, no, it didn't really come up. No, but I would have studied, I would have read about it. Yeah. There's, um, there's definitely a lot to the mythology you would know. Yeah but I don't know that anybody thought this was a literal thing. I mean, yeah, no. Didn't know that I'd actually get to meet the God of the Dead. Right. So you're rolling wit and lore, whoever's trying to do some recall here. Great. I've got uh, two sixes. Okay, cool. I got a six. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, so you are heading down the uh, typical journey of the deceased in Egyptian mythology. And the idea is that you go through several gates before you arrive at the Hall of Mat, where your soul is judged. Um, and, and as is described by some certain Disney Plus show, there is also a goddess there called Amit who will eat the soul of those who have been judged poorly. Uh, yes, I remember so that you're... episode of Bluey. <laughs> that was a uh, that was Chicago Hope. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it was ER. It was the guy that lost his soul. That was the whole thing during the George Clooney days. We are uh, heading into the Hall of Judgment, and that is uh, bad for souls. You know the the question, and I'll give this one to Jason since you had an, an extra success. Is that since you're not dead? You probably uh, aren't going by these rules. So it's safe for us to enter. We're not going to probably wouldn't be judged. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everybody on this boat will be. That's that's obviously a soul. So sure. um, that's kind of what you're heading into. And this is just this is it. This is the case of the afterlife. Everybody that passes gets to go and live uh, on their plot of land somewhere in the field of reeds. If you pass Amit. Okay. And Pass you can the hawk. Scales. Yeah. Because your soul, it's, in this, it's what soul is weighed to a feather. And if your soul is lighter than the feather. Yeah, this is Mott's scale. So you're weathering, you're, you're weighing against Mott's feather. And then your soul needs to be lighter than the feather. Otherwise, it will be eaten by a big crocodile. Yep. Very yeah, that makes leans sense. Over, very leans over towards a horn that's connected to the rest of the vessel. And he says very somberly, at this point, please take note of the parchment that you've been given and notice the boarding group that you were assigned. We are approaching gate three for judgment. Groups one and two may begin debarking now. Thank you very much. And wherever you find yourself, I hope at least this leg of your journey has been a pleasant one. Uh I thought it was going to be comment cards. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I was waiting for it. And I was like, the souls can't hear you. Sure they can. I'm I mean, I, fill maybe out, they can, but they can't really respond. I'm going to fill out a comment parchment with top marks because you did a good job, Barry. Thank you. Scarlet is very impatient right now. Well, um, the the gates to this temple are opening. So these large stone gates that are sort of the rivers going underneath. The gates open up, and so now the boat can go in. And you're entering um, darkness. But at the next moment, you are uh, in a war zone. And you're all wearing fatigues. And there are shells dropping all around and there's rapid gunfire. And this looks like, you know, the middle of the great war. Okay. And this is the test. So Barry, you'll know that this is the first gate. Mm. When you see all of Ra's enemies get massacred. 
Okay, so I guess let's rack our brains to see what we remember about the first gate, y'all. What do I intuit from this? Uh, I can I I can roll for it too as well. Yeah, you'll need to roll for it. Okay, uh, is that uh, wit? Probably. This is uh, wit and savvy, not lore. I have nothing. Because you're in using those you're using intuition. No problem. Go. I have a five as my highest. Nothing. Okay. Uh, you just know that this is where uh, Ra, I should say, Ray's enemies are going to be destroyed. So you need to be on the side mm. of Ray. Ray. Okay. Uh, but um, you don't really know what that means. However, there is. Um, uh, 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 you're 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 all kind of in a trench at this point, uh, but above mm. and beyond, you see a um, giant tank. This is a tank that has no business being in history, uh, and this tank is just obliterating everybody around you. Mm. And that tank's on the enemy side. Yes, coming towards you. What do you do? Um, I'm good at fighting. Just tell me who to fight. <laughs> to buy us a little time, Amelia's gonna kind of crouch down or take a knee and, and try to create a little bit of a a bubble shield just for you know shells and bullets and give everyone a chance to figure out what it is they want to do. Um, with the you know a, a photonic wrench shield, uh, if that's okay. Yep. Yeah, that's what it's for. So you you uh, you're temporarily protecting yourself from what's going on around. Now this stuff feels and looks real. Like this doesn't look like an illusion, right? Um, but it, obviously, it's messing with your head. Yeah. And at this point, um, actually, I think I need to give a catch to Barry on that role because what's happened is that you have realized you've lost your crew or your your passengers. You've lost your ship, and now you don't know where to guide people. Mm. So, okay. Um, take um, a catch on that. That describes that. I was emotional. Now I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I guess, could I gather that they're also being tested? Yeah, I think that's table stakes at this point. You're smart. You know what's going on, but yeah. you don't know the answer. And um, And if you back the wrong horse you're not going to get through yeah so but to scarlet is going to notice that barry is a little shooketh yeah and kind of turn to him and just go i know you feel like you've lost them but remember we all have to be they're being tested this is their test to pass into the afterlife you can't guide them through that they have to figure that out on their own we're, like on we have we're, we're on the wrong side. We're on the wrong side. We're we're being decimated. We're, we we'll we'll all be killed. We'll which we'll side do we here Barry, Barry? Which side do we need to be on? The one that wins. To to my understanding, this is not our test. I don't know that we need to be on a side. If I'm if I'm interpreting the lore correctly, that was the impression that I understood as well. But because we're not dead, but it doesn't hurt to. We may just be independent observers. You can still ah. die here. 
Oh, so a reporter might come in handy in this situation is what you're saying. Someone who could see what's happening, report on the facts on the ground. Yes. I see. Wow. Do you want to use your savvy? I would love to use my savvy, Christopher. Thank you. I need to check what stat that is, however. Savvy. Just wait. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Oh, I'm going to uh, press my luck. <laughs> because, of course, I am. I'm going to press my luck again. <laughs> And you, you said we still time, have the. That time I got three successes, but go ahead, ask your question. We, we have our luck from last time still marked as well, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't have any luck because I had just taken a catch, but yes. <clears throat> so. Caroline cleared. Um, yeah, you you noticed that there is an individual that was on the boat that is also with you, and he's in a state of panic and he's got, he has just one handgun that's just firing uselessly against this tank. And and he's about to be completely mowed over by this thing. All right. I'm going to approach him, even though there's a tank coming at him, I'm going to say, excuse me, excuse me, sir, sir. I'm Libby Scarsdale with the Bergen County record. Care for a quick interview. Uh, He doesn't understand you. You realize he's speaking a different language and he's shouting in terror. You think maybe Arabic. I'm going to use my special wrist phone <laughs> to call her a translator. Okay. Does anyone in the office speak uh, Arabic? <laughs> uh, one moment, please. I'll connect you. Uh, and okay. So now you have a translator, but the, yes. the tank is now uh, going over the trench. And so he's running away. Um, okay. And I want to try to, just bolster the shield to buy her time to do this. Like okay. if the tank's like kind of like trying to get up the shield, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the tank is kind of trying to make its way over, but you have bought a little time. Yeah. And you give the translator, uh, yeah, this is Harvey. Uh, one <laughs> moment, please. And then <clears throat> start speaking in Arabic. Uh, yeah. So I ask, you know, is it, what's what's going on here? Is there any way I can help you? What uh, what are you attempting to do? I understand we're running from a tank. I'm running alongside him. But where what, where did the tank come from? What I, I, I think you might be trapped in an illusion, friend. Uh, he, he starts screaming at you as he's running. And then Harvey uh, pauses for a moment that says uh, he says that uh, this is how he died uh, there. Uh, oh, 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 God. Oh, God. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Uh, uh, I, 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 I can't beat the enemy. Ah, well, uh, sir, um, that is really the crux of it, isn't it? That's very sad. We can't outrun death. We can't fight death. It's coming for all of us. We sooner or later need to accept it and understand that what comes next is beautiful hopefully. And the, the thing where you are trying to run away from the thing that killed you, you're never going to run away from it. It's better to let go and to accept. That's what I've been told, at least. Let's see if your sway does anything. Let's. It's, it's almost as if 
the only winning move is not to play. Okay. I'm at this point I'm rolling uh eleven D six. Oh my god. Two of them two, are luck. Two of them are luck. And yet no sixes. So I'm now Whoa. rolling twelve D six. Jesus. <laughs> I got one six and still no ones. On That's amazing. <laughs> He's petrified, but he listens and then straightens his posture. And just faces the tank, which is now making its way over the trench. It's large enough that it doesn't even fall in the trench. It literally just goes over it. Uh, and the protection that Amelia put up is is no good anymore. I'm going to say to him, just look at me. Just look at me. It's It's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. Just look at me. And of course, I'm draped in the finest of Egyptian linens from the afterlife. So he stares at me. I've tied them off in such a way that they just hold in a certain fashion. Osiris himself turns, looks at this strange thing that's playing out. For a while, there is no death on the face of the planet Earth. For a solid hour, no one dies. Bullets miss. Explosions fail. Car accidents are mysteriously uh, not uh, not fatal. The, the dying man in the hospital is given an extra hour to live. Later, it will be called Miracle Day. President Roosevelt will, do, will make it a solid holiday. February 27th, every year, we celebrate Miracle Day. Osiris is so moved by this display. And then the man whatever happens happens you get to describe that but he was so taken with this whole vision that uh uh yes solid hour nobody dies um, this moment goes through you notice that he's wearing you know a uniform that that probably has egyptian government insignia but it's british Mm. and uh the tank is a british tank and that you only make that realization when the tank comes up close to him and the soldiers inside the tank realize what they're doing and then stop the tank because he stopped running and they get a good look at him. And so in a way, you sort of solve the problem for him. Yes. And, and you're no longer trapped in his, in his test. You're back on the boat. The boat has a lot fewer people. Probably 20 are gone now. And you're in darkness. Save the day. You see that Egyptian soldier is uh, just standing there dumbfounded. And then he smiles and starts cheering with tears in his eyes. And he gives you an enormous hug. Oh, thank you, sir. I and Harvey's that. like, he says, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank God. Thank you. Uh, oh, uh, you're beautiful. You're an angel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're an angel. I owe you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, oh my God. I can't believe I confronted that. Thank you. I have a Labrador. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, I have an angel. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, uh, take these words on to the uh, afterlife with you. Uh, just to think when you could have been getting down, when you've been getting down with the liars and dirty, dirty cheats of the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. Harvey speaks in Arabic and uh, the overjoyed person is now kind of confused, but <laughs> not slowly. Yes. 
very that's, emotional. That's a message from that's a message from beyond. And let's all thank Harvey, everybody. Great job. Uh, all right. Um, so good. I can go get my coffee. Yes, and check in on how Stanley has managed to get transferred to Duat. Oh, he's in an undead war zone, but I'll see how he's doing. Wonderful. Uh, Chris, with it being so dark in here, is there any, like if I turn my flashlight up to maximum, is it hit anything or it's just darkness? Uh, when you, if you hit your, fla- uh, actually, Blake, were you going to say something? You're on mute. Oh, no, I- it was no, no. Oh, oh, okay. So uh, you put, put the flashlight up, and you see that uh, you're you're in, you know, what looks like an Egyptian temple or tomb or something like that. There's hieroglyphics all over the walls. It uh, is really well hewn, uh, but you're in this sort of underwater passage that's taking you through, and you can see a red dim glow off in the distance. Um, and as you take uh, a, a corner or two, it appears that the room you're going into is just glowing bright red orangish and there's a lot of heat coming from it hmm um does that look familiar to anyone does it can i does it look familiar to any of us uh yeah i guess at this point you could probably just jump to a conclusion that that's obviously a lake of fire that you're going into great okay cool um lake of fire boarding groups three and four that sounds like it could be a hit song sometime lake of fire prepare for disembark we're approaching the next gate you know lake of fire was the theme of the uh winter formal in ankeny iowa high school uh back in you know several years ago not that anyone here would know about that I don't you're, know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. The river goes around a bend, and now you get a good look at what's coming. There is a massive lake of fire ahead, and there's a, another portal, which is the shape of a giant serpent's mouth with fangs made out of stone. And you go through that portal into fire, into Abandoned boiling hope. magma like Terminator 2 fire. Um, can I... Can I try to freeze some of the water around the boat so we go into it on a little iceberg? Ooh, good idea. Yeah, you can do that. Whatever, however much time that buys us. <laughs> um, is that a? I think fix? it's a feat. I, I think it's a feat because you're, you're you're having to do it quickly and. Sorry, did you say fix? Like a, uh, feet. It, it's more like a physical role. Fix. <laughs> okay. Uh, F-E-A-T uh, Is there a minus for not having any points in the skill? Uh, no, no, you just roll the ability Just grit? grit? Yeah Okay If I knew how to use it, I would do it for you mm. but... my, my three dice did not yield uh, uh, anything useful Oh, wait, am I supposed to add my luck dice to this? Yes. Oh, and the die for my photonic wrench. So hold on, four more dice going in. None. Wow, oh, great. Man. That's awesome. Wow. Um, the boat begins to catch on fire as you are going into the portal of the, the, the serpent. And um, there are about 
I would say a dozen people left there. Overall, there's another probably 30 people on this boat. A dozen of them catch on fire, completely emulate right in front of you. I, Chris, I hesitate to mention this, uh, but does it matter that one of my luck dice was a one? Oh, that means that you uh, take a catch. Okay. And you clear your luck tracker. So you no longer have luck. The okay. catch is on fire. And oh. the catch is on fire. Yes, you're on fire. Um, apparently, you have done something sinful in the past. What was that? Um, let's see. And why didn't, why didn't like um, Scarlet catch on fire? Why did? Why didn't she? She should have. I mean, right? Because there's something sinful. You, okay, you're, so you're I'm catching, on fire. You're, you're on fire because of because of something you did something sinful, and I didn't know what that is. Yeah, it was. Um, I think I had to. Uh, uh, they they hushed it up, but the plane that she crashed in the Pacific, she actually stole. They weren't going to let her take it, um, which is why there wasn't the big, you know, fanfare news when she took off. It just news was like, well, she's off flying over the Pacific, and we oh, we, we wish her well on her trip. Um, but, um, yeah, she, th- they just hush it up cause they didn't want to be the people who were like, uh, she stole our airplane. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to mark emotional. Okay. As this, this terrible decision comes back to bite me in the ass. Cause also a lot of that included her, her, like she got her co-pilot killed. Um, uh-huh. and I think she at least feels a lot of guilt about that. I don't know if that's sinful, but she feels super guilty about it. And maybe that's. Uh, yeah, well, well, this the sinful part. I mean, in this context, is that you were not you were going against Mott, which means you were going against the order of things. Yes, yeah, and um, and that that's what that's in particular why you are being judged right now. So you've got a couple of ahas. First of all, your everlasting soul is in jeopardy. Uh, the second thing is, yes, you can perish here, as Barry warned you, and maybe perhaps you will be judged at. Uh, by Mott herself when you get to that point. So this is, this isn't just, this isn't underworld tourism. Okay. And I'm actively on fire. Yeah. You're on fire. Your soul, your, your bot is being uh, uh, consumed in, in fire. I mean, I want to, I'm, I'm guessing we're seeing this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So my thought is or something. Yep. (laughs) Drop to my knees. Like, ah, just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't entirely know what to do, but a part of me wants, like, I don't know, I'd have to, I don't know enough about this in real life to know if this is the case, but like Scarlet doesn't really regret a lot of her decisions in life. Um, she was within she, the order of things. Yeah. She, she always tries to just kind of act in what she thinks is the best interest of the world and the she just kind of doesn't regret things, so she's gonna yell at Amelia. And, Amelia, you need you need to forgive yourself. You don't need to upset the order. Just repent. Well, Bruce is never coming home, and it's my fault. It's Very okay strange. that Bruce is never coming home. Clearly, you were meant to end up here with us. It's it's okay. The order figured itself out. Uh, Barry walks over to Amelia and oh, Amelia. Can on- we walk up? Are we in the boat? Can we yeah. walk in the fire? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. Just making and sure. Ba- 
Well, the boat, gonna... the boat is going along the fire. The boat is fine. It's the, the boat is the not boat. on fire. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just one little pillar of flame in the along, boat. Along with like 12 other people. Yeah, okay. These are the uh, Dante Inferno flames that burn but don't consume, I, I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, yeah, Barry walks over to Amelia, hugs the flame engulfed Amelia, and just says, who must you ask forgiveness from? Uh, well, Bruce, but I can't. He's dead. Not Bruce. I don't, I don't know what you mean. Yourself. I can't forgive myself. You're the only one who can. I've said too much. Barry goes back to <laughs> being the ferryman. Yeah, Scarlet is like, that's, you need to forgive you. You need to repent. You need to be okay with the choices you made. Only you can do that for you. Hmm. I don't know that I can decide this as the player. So if Um, you need a roll, this is a... uh, a, hmm. Wit savvy? Yeah, I think it is. To sort of Mm -hmm. work your way through your emotions? Right, right. Well, savvy is more about being aware of them. Okay, so my luck is cleared out. My catch is evened out. Because I have emotional and overwhelmed. So, plus two, minus two. Uh, I don't think my photonic wrench applies to diving into my feelings. Uh, (laughs) Not really. Finally, something I can't apply it to. Um, I mean, if it was a screwdriver, it might have, but... No, that's ridiculous. How would you make a photonic screwdriver? That's silly. It is, yeah. Um... Okay, so it's just it's just my seven dice then. Oh my god, three sixes! Wow, what was that? What I needed to make a little ice raft? (laughs) It was for the moment you needed to forgive yourself. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I, I think, regardless of the fire, I think there is this like deep moment of introspection. And, you know, Barry's words and and um, uh, the director's words are, you know, really hitting her. And she's, she had dropped to her knees and was on fire. And I think is is sort of like almost comes to peace with being on fire to the extent that somebody can um, because she she finds that place in herself of like, Bruce made his own decisions. I did too. And what happened happened. And that's, that's my order of things and what was always going to happen. She, she didn't like force him on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So the, um, the fire kind of fizzles out. Well, it stops hurting and becomes more of a light. And then the light radiates out until it's not a, it's not a light anymore. I, you, feel, you feel very light, light as a feather. Thank you, uh, both of you. That was a difficult mental gymnastic. It is not easy to forgive oneself. 
No. I would know. Hmm. Barry instinctively reaches over to the comment card that Mr. Metcalf had written, but remembers it's not there anymore. It's in the basket. Yeah, it's in the basket. Barry doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Everyone else is like, if you'd asked them, and been like, it's in the basket for everybody. You know what's a you know what's a good way to avoid having to forgive yourself is just never believing you do anything wrong. I try it and it works. I just learn to make peace with my decisions. I just make only good decisions. This ambiguous morality, I don't know about y'all. But we are on Egyptian rules, so they value order of things more than anything else. Morality is weird. Yes. Kind of a construct we invented as humans, so it's weird. Yeah, a little little weird. Okay, well, the Lake of Fire is a little, uh, you know, persistent, but you do get across it. It's 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 heat is not really bothering you like it should. It has a beauty in it, sort of in a way. It's sort of like the surface of the sun. And as you uh, cross, you can see now um, a coiled serpent, which is blocking the next portal. This is made out of obsidian. And it's a statue that kind of coils up all around this portal. And there are the writhing, suffering, living souls within its coil that are trying to get out. So while this is a statue, the people that are stuck in there are real. And this is uh, a statue that gives such a presence of foreboding that uh, you you feel like you're just on a on a uh, mar- marching at a certain death. You feel like you might feel before going into a big battle. Boarding groups five and six, take heart. We're approaching the gate. Oh, this is gate three. So who wants to confront this challenge? Okay, I guess uh, racking my brain, Scarlet is trying to think of what the challenge is exactly. She's like, going into battle, can do that. What? But I don't think I have to fight the serpent. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Unless you are Horus. That's a different story. That's, That's his job. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he has to do that like every night. Um, so what what I need from you is to tell me if this is going to be something you're trying to check the lore on again, or are you oh, uh, Chris, to- you're you're kind of talking past your mic there. Okay, hey, oh, there we go. Yeah. So I guess what I need to know is, um, are you looking into the lore of this, or are you trying to just look around to see if you can deduce what's going on? Lore, but yeah, probably lore. Okay. All right. So do a wit and lore check. What would be the like look around, see what's going on, sort of thing? I think that's savvy. I'm savvy. My luck. Um, can I do one of those with my my halogen um, light to try to see if there are any clues or physical indication? Sure. Okay. That's seven plus one more. Are you serious? I'm gonna. I push my luck. I'm pushing my luck again. 
I have three luck dice now, y'all. Oh my god. Okay. Fortunately, there were no luck dice. I got a six and four ones, but oh, that's, wow. <laughs> that doesn't matter, right? Because they're not right. luck dice. So. Um, hey, I got two sixes and a one on a luck dice. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think you both concluded at the same time that this is the face of evil. It is not your job to do anything about this. This is the job, the job of the sun god. Don't look at evil. Don't look at it. Not your problem. Look away. Uh, <laughs> look away. Uh, so uh, Scarlet remembers this as she is looking at evil. Look down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look down. After, yeah. I was like, oh, God, don't look. Yeah, it, 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 you, you get in that moment. Uh, the every person that you have physically harmed or killed over your entire career, you feel everything that they felt all at once. You'll need to take a catch from that. How many but you were you were able you were able to look down though? Barely. How many of us You're, here remember the show This Is Your Life? <laughs> yeah. So what does that mo- emotional overload do to you? What's your catch? Mm, so I'm already off guard. I'm already emotional. I guess overwhelmed would make the most sense here. Yeah, you, you are managed to look at it. You realize, though, that, you know, had you not looked down at that moment, you would have been taken in by this. Yeah. Um, I mean, for but- a second, I think you all see, like, the horror on Scarlett's face. And then she immediately goes, no, I literally got through that fire because I don't regret anything and drops without looking anymore. No like, I can't start regretting now. And so nobody looks at the serpent, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so so a pep doesn't take you. Uh, and having experienced everything that your victims have experienced, you have reached balance. You 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 don't regret what you did and you know what they went through. Yep. Uh, and you feel Light as a feather. This is, this is some, there's some interesting character stuff that Scarlet is going through right now, but she's just kind of like, huh. I guess I needed to look at that a little bit. The weight on the souls of Barry and Libby. I wonder how much that weighs. Nothing because I never do anything wrong. A lot because I never do anything right. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Between the two of you, you're balanced. With your powers combined, <laughs> we have reached healthy integration. <laughs> you too. So you make it through uh, this portal. The portal of a pep and uh there is on the other side a long corridor and uh each uh, wall on either side of the corridor have all of these jackal statues built into it and there are um beyond that 
all of these um, pharaohs that have been placed into the walls, every Egyptian pharaoh that ever lived. So this goes on for a while. So the jackals aren't jumping out at us or anything? No, no, okay. but you're you're heading in closer to the interior probably of, of Mott's chamber is what that means. And the boat finally comes up to the dock. Barry looks back. Are there any other passengers that uh, needed to go somewhere or, or, or have they yeah, all? Done... I think like, I think five of them are left out of that okay. 50 or so that were on the boat. Okay. And, and you all, including the Egyptian soldier that you saved. My best buddy. Is um, is this the final disembarkment? Yeah, this is the final disembarkment, and there is a uh, a large uh, portal that goes into a chamber beyond that looks firelit from where you are, and there doesn't seem to be anybody around or you know any sort of threat. But you know this is this is it. You're probably going to face your final challenge coming up here. Oh, it's time. Oh, It's been a pleasure and an honor. Barry, you should look in the basket. Just make sure you have your things with you. Of course. They might. Barry goes back. Yeah, Barry goes back on, on board. Just kind of opens the basket, takes his grapple hook of destiny, which you established. It's real. I do have that. My grappling hooks. Um, a, and there's bundles of unfilled out comment cards. He takes a pack, reloads, puts on his jacket with too many straps, his flight suit, and underneath that is the comment card that he had buried. The comment card from Mr. Metcalf. Full stars. Okay, you have your stuff. Once you disembark uh, and the others start coming out too, there a figure comes out from the uh, other room beyond, and this is a jackal-headed man. Now you saw a statue earlier that was giant. He's not giant, but the presence is imposing, and all of you are well enough aware now that this is Anubis. He's carrying a torch and he stands up before you and speaks in your mind in such a loud tone that it's almost deafening. You don't understand what the fuck he said. Um, does anybody kind of turns to Amelia. Do you know anything I, about how they speak? The, the funny thing is after the, the whole translator thing i think amelia probably does speak arabic <laughs> um it doesn't this doesn't sound like language but it's probably not arabic mm. no yeah but probably not a- ancient egyptian uh yeah it definitely sounds like and libby knows like enough ancient Coptic? egyptian yeah she knows enough ancient egyptian that you can tell that it's ancient egyptian but this is a really really ancient tongue right it's um, like not yeah. at all how they thought it was pronounced I'm not even going to attempt it, right? But you know, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, um, oh, what's the word? 
uh, there's a word for this type of language, but just kind of the Middle East roots, like a proto Middle Eastern language. Sure. So, but Amelia, that wrench of yours seems to be able to do a lot of things. Are you sure it can't like be turned into maybe something that would translate as it's, as Anubis speaks to us? Um, I, I can try. Um, also, I'm sorry, we don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. We're trying to figure it out, though. And I, I could, I could place a call. Um, I don't think this, anyone you know could help this. But this, it's directly into our brains, right? The uh, and this is a it has a giant head of a black dog, call ears stands about probably seven feet, really ripped, and I mean, imposing. Yeah. Standing over you and just pivots on his heel and begins walking through the portal with his torch lighting wait, the way. Wait, oh, I would um, we'll, we'll work on it as we walk because I think we have to follow. Um, so Chris, I want to. I, I don't think Amelia has ever tried this before. I'm actually gonna like touch the wrench to my temple mm-hmm. and try to activate the the learning beam. You know, to like take in what I know, synthesize it with what I just heard, and you know, run it through, like turn my brain into a supercomputer. Um, or fire your neurons. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you're going to put a prosthetic forehead on your real head. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Um, uh, I guess this is fix. Okay, yeah, I would make a case for fix. Yeah. <laughs> Plus my tool. That's oh, I need one more, and then I'll push my luck if I have to. I have to. (laughs) The rolls are very interesting this episode. Yeah, I just rolled nine dice, (laughs) so now I'm rolling nine plus one for luck. The uh, the game wants you to stay here. Okay, does. I got two sixes, and the the luck I was not a one. Something okay. happened. <laughs> All right. Yes. Anubis is leading you into the Hall of Judgment. Uh, and since you have a second, that's it, probably all he was saying. You know, come with me. Um, and since you have a second success, I'm going to add to it that there are two people here that still need cleansing of their souls before they hit that scale. Okay. Uh, I believe I mentioned I've never done anything wrong. So. <clears throat> okay. Well. You do need to sort something out before you, we step in there because this is it. This is the moment. And if you're not feeling it, there's this is a binary condition, on yeah. or off. Oh, okay. So I just need to sort something out? Yeah, you need to sort out whatever could make your soul not light as a feather or lighter than a feather, rather. Well, that's rather easy, honestly. Uh, Scarlett, uh, when we were in high school and your name was Penny and my name was something else as well, I was envious of you and you did so many rude things to me. And so I made up my mission to destroy your life. So later I ended up dating you and I actually fell for you for a time, but I was so committed to my mission that I thought, well, I'll just rip her best friend away from her and then I'll marry her. But I got married to Ruth and it just wasn't the same. I realized I was missing you. I was missing our times together and I'm still in love with you, but I've broken your heart many, many times. 
And now I suppose I'm so focused on my own selfish desires that all I can see is that I want to get back together with you, even though you have a wonderful relationship with Ellie and I shouldn't be trying to break that up. And I think that's probably what's holding me back. You feel light as a feather. <laughs> that was amazing. Scarlet is just kind of like, is that, is there an apology in there? Yes, I'm very sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I, I'm supposed to forgive myself though, right? That's what happens. Yeah, yes, you, you do. That, yes, that is. Libby, I'm so sorry. You really shouldn't have done that. I appreciate the apology, but something I've realized is that through all this, I, I, it sucks. It hurts. It hurt that I had to go through that at all. I don't regret my choices. I don't regret my life. And I like my life with Ellie. Good. I'm glad. Also, I do have a birthday present for you. It's on the painted lady. I didn't have time Thank to you. get, I was going to give it to you when we were done with the I have the eye and stuff. I didn't have a chance to give it to you. Speaking of, uh, Barry, we need to sort you out too before we go through there. Yes. I'm fine. No, you're you're not. You just helped me get through something that I thought was impossible. And I'm not going through there without you. Yeah, I'd rather not lose you here, Barry. There's no place in this world or the next that I can ever be lost. You can be. It's happened many times to people who have your talents. Like my father. Not just your father. You need to be careful. This is a great power, sure. I know what happens to people who are given power before they're ready. It's not even about being before you're ready. It's just knowing how to learn and take the changes as they come. And this is one of those challenges and one of those changes. And unfortunately, you can be stuck here if you don't get judged properly. You need to understand that. I do. And I'm ready to receive my judgment. Let's carry on. All right. From one martyr to another, don't be a martyr. What am I meant to release? What burden do I have to shed? That is for you to figure out. Is it Stuart? That the world took away every person that I cared about. That I spent years in an orphanage hating a man that I never grew up with. Trying to be him. Trying to understand him. Trying to win him back by running his company. Where was he? Why is the world full of men who, sh- men who should be fathers, but just become tyrants, bullies? Why do all of the good men go away? Why are they killed before their time? Is that my future? You hear a soft voice in the darkness that says, I can help you with that. And from the darkness, she came from the other room and apparently had been listening next to Libby, the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. She has long black hair. She's wearing, you know, traditional linens, 
and she has a headdress, which is magnificent, including a golden disc on top of her head. Uh, Libby and Eleanor, you recognize this as Isis. She walks forward slowly and smiles at you. I know you're living. You shouldn't be given the scales of Ma'at. But you will be. So I would like to tell you a story. And you can do with it as you please. The person that I loved more than anything else in this world was brutally slain before me. Cut into hundreds of pieces. But like me, he lived through it because we're immortal. He felt every piece separated from itself as they were scattered across the entire realm. I wailed, I lamented for years, decades, centuries, finding every single piece before I was finally able to put him back together. And he lives to this day, but changed. When you are ready, you may enter the threshold. Uh, Isis, I just want to be clear on something. You were on the record through all of that? You make me smile, Libby. Thank you, you make me smile. Marilyn's just like, okay, this is happening. Uh, and just thank you for your words. And she walks back into the chamber. True story. Um, Barry, how are you doing? I don't know what kind of man I will be. I know I will never be like Warden. I also know I will never be like my father. So I suppose they'll have to keep living to find out. Uh, Scarlet's going to hug Barry. Barry breaks down and cries. (laughs) Light as a feather. Complete ugly cry. Light as a feather. Um, Amelia is like, acts like she's going to hug the the huggers and then just sort of does an awkward shoulder pat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a pat on my head. Yeah. She's not a hugger, which is hard for me because me personally, I am a hugger, but I'm playing a character who's a little more like socially distant. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Scarlet would not normally hug that, like, but this she felt like it called for it in this mm-hmm. moment. All right. Do we all feel light as a feather? Or lighter than, rather? That's always light enough to take to the skies again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I think we have to go be judged. I want to see how this system works. <laughs> I have definitely always been curious how a soul is lighter than a feather, and now I think I understand. So that's I, believe it's a, I believe it's a uh, 2d6, Amelia. Uh, <laughs> Although it may be d20, I'm not sure. Sometimes I really don't understand the things you're saying, Libby. 
What is your armor class? First class. <laughs> Plot class. Yeah. Okay, well, you go into uh, Mott's chamber. It's magnificent. There is, it's, it's more an arena than anything. And you can see dozens upon dozens, probably 40 platforms up around the arena. And each of them has an imposing looking Egyptian god in flesh staring down. And of course, there's a fire pit below. So they are underlit and look particularly menacing, especially since many of them have animals for heads. And uh, it's, 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 truly spectacular and there's a a large stage in the back where you see a giant mummified man and on either side are isis who has just arrived there and is standing next to him and on the other side another woman and they transform into serpents when you come in they uh anubis is there just holding the torch sort of lighting the way you're supposed to go and above the um, the large burning pit are is a giant scale. And standing behind that scale is another woman who has enormous eagle wings that are spread out, like stretching. And in the fire, you can see the shape of a large crocodilian beast. They have just weighed the soul of somebody against a feather. And that person is, is just weeping with fear. And he sees that his heart is heavier than the feather. And so is cast into the fire where this crocodile leaps up and swallows him whole. The eagle woman looks over at you all and says, who's first? I'll I'll head up first. Hi, Ruby Scarsdale, Bergen County Record. Uh, I want to uh, make you aware that you are on the record. Now, I believe I'll pass this test with flying colors. She is so stoic. Like you're, you may as well be talking to you know somebody at the New York Times. You know how they are. I do. I do. They never want to give me a job. <laughs> she doesn't even. She doesn't blink, which is a little uncanny. I don't blink either. You're gonna play. You're gonna have a stare off contest. No, I'm just. No. I'm going. I'm going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> when you arrive up to the uh, stage, she reaches into your chest and, like a certain movie we've all seen, pulls out your heart. Oh, it doesn't hurt, but it's probably a little startling. Right in the column in my brain already. <laughs> Trying to decide if I need to, you to roll on this. I don't think so because you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and she weighs your heart against the feather. And as you suspected, you're fine. The heart goes up. The feather goes down. Perfect. Very nice meeting you. As you're walking away, she taps you on the shoulder. Yes. And hands you your heart. <laughs> oh yes okay i'll just put that back in i'll just uh there we go that's, a, that's upside down oh no it's fine it's fine it's fine have a spare. We'll, stanley will fix it scarlet yes. goes up next you get much the same treatment unless you uh do or say anything different no scarlet's 
Scarlett just is like, I'm, I mean, yeah, she doesn't say anything that Libby said, cause, <laughs> but she walks up and she's like, I'm ready. Uh, oh, great. Mott like, doesn't really know what to do. She's kind of like Egyptian gods. Cool. Uh, I'm going to rip out my heart. Cool. Like, this is actually very cool to Scarlett. She just doesn't know how to react to any of it. She's like, okay, yeah, this is as real as I thought it was. Amad only says, I am no greater than the universe. Fair enough. So humble. (laughs) Uh, Well, she is the framework. She's like the, uh, you know, the operating system that drives the universe, so. All right, well, you get your heart weighed uh, and everybody in their turn. um, Assuming there's going to be nothing out of the ordinary. I I wanted to just have one thing uh, when Amelia steps up. uh, Before she's like, you know, ready to have her heart taken out. By whose authority are you judging us? Why do you get to judge us? I should not. You are not from my realm. But you are here. So I must. Fine. You come into my house. And you t- uh, anyway, she takes her heart and weighs it. Uh, it is lighter than the feather. Mott unclips her earrings one by one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight Mott. <laughs> no, I mean, not for long. Scarlet <laughs> <laughs> is just like looking at Amelia, like, ah, yes. Can we not Amelia math off to the ancient gods, please? Yeah, like, can we not piss them off? I mean, they've been here a lot longer than we have, and they'll be here a lot longer than we will. Uh, point of fact, are any of them attracted to me? Because I just found out I probably need to find a new girlfriend, so. Oh. I mean, um, you should have asked Isis. <laughs> Sorry. She's yeah, I mean, she, sneaky, she, did, she did flirt with you a little, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to circle back to that at the end. We have a mission to do here, but Isis, if you're listening, come and visit. We'll well, she's, a, she's a snake now, but I'm sure she can hear you. Yeah, yeah. I like you as a snake too, baby. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's important true. to accept one's whole self. Uh, and, you know. Yes. Cleopatra was said to be her living embodiment. Oh. I've heard that. Cleopatra was very attractive. Not as attractive as me, but very attractive. Yes, she was considered one of the most beautiful women. Yeah. <laughs> so, Barry, you're going to get your heart weighed? Yep. I walk up, politely wait. Your heart gets pulled out. <gasps> and it is lighter than the feather because you, you ugly cried earlier. I did. I did. I'm more ashamed about that than anything else right now. So got a little, little snot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's still some bubbles here and there. Still <laughs> and just... Ma is just staring like, I don't give a fuck. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go on with this, please. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, Amelia's just looking at because, like, what are not Amelia Scarlet? There's all the all of the gods are there. Oh, 40 or so. Yeah. Like the tribunal. Just, well, that's not a tribunal. Whatever. Scarlet's just looking at them like this is incredible. There she, is. Like, she believed in all of it because she believes in the artifacts, so they had to come from somewhere. But she's just like. Nice to have the proof. Nice to know for sure. You recognize many of them. Um, one that's very striking is the uh, big, beautiful black cat. Is looking down on everybody. There's, you know, there's the, there's the guy. Well, you saw the statue of her earlier, but you see uh, kind of in a prominent position, a cow-headed goddess. There's all these animals and all over the place. Some of them have normal human faces too. Is is um. Tolerate there, whatever the hippo is. The hippo, yeah, the hippo's there. I think she's supposed to be doing a um, like peace, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Scarlet's just like neat. This is amazing. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, cool. Well, uh, there's another portal at the other end of this chamber that you are free to walk through. It looks like there's daylight beyond. I guess we should walk through. Outside, it's a uh, dock on a river, and there is a another ship there. And the ship has a, a winged scarab on the front of it, made out of gold. Mm. It's glittering in the light. And it, you're seeing what looks like dawn approaching outside. I'm also like, can we ask any of these y'all, any of these for help? Scarlet is kind of looking around like. Oh, you're still in the uh, chamber. <laughs> yeah, as they're walking, they're walking through and Scarlet's kind of looking at all the gods like. Trying to rack her brain if you can petition Egyptian gods for assistance. Hello, gods. Are you there? Because the eye of Horus does concern them. Uh, so she's like, can I mention this? Should I mention this? Do the affairs of man matter, matter to any of you? Like, she's having a bit of a moment right now. Like, if you, uh, it's Scarlet. Yeah. If, you, if, you need, if you need someone to petition, I think Isis has a bit of a crush on me, so. Are you going to say anything? Just, I guess, it, it just kind of looks up and she's like, I, I will leave. Don't worry. I just have a... May I ask for some advice? And she kind of just throws the question out there to all of the gods. The, the mummified one turns around, who is obviously Osiris, turns yeah. around because he's facing the scales. He turns around and looks down. You are concerned about Set. I am. You do not see him in this chamber, do you? Do not. I hope that you can take the eye from him. That is that is the hope. Um, I'm sure y'all you all have a little bit more knowledge about that. Is there anything I should know or can do to make sure he doesn't get the eye or doesn't keep the eye? You can do everything. Fair enough. Possible to you to get that eye. 
I will do everything I can to get that eye. The mortal world depends on it. It does, and I'm sure. And we shall remain. Fair enough. Like, Scarlet's not offended. She just had to ask. <laughs> had to know. Amelia will try to make eye contact with Thoth and be like, Oh, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call him out. He's there too. I'm probably up there with Mott. Yeah. Big ibis headed guy. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, and Scarlet is just like, Thank you for your time. And then walks on. Does Toss say anything? <laughs> I don't think he does. That's fine. I'm sure he'll call me later. <laughs> you get a text on your photonic wrench. Yeah. You up? Question. Yeah, you up. <laughs> you know what? For Thoth? He's a Thoth. What are you going to do? <laughs> are you a Thoth for Thoth? Yep. <laughs> so, um, next stop Scarab Subway to Reality. Just like a subway train. What was I saying earlier? Your your metaphor is consistent. Thank you. I try to make my metaphors consistent. It's there, for the benefit are, of the reader. There are three of the original uh, that got under the boat that are now moving into the field of reeds to claim their land. Mm. Uh, you are going a different way. Yeah. The way of Kepri. And Let's go. Just like um, an amusement park ride, Wings come out of the boat and you begin soaring into the sky. And there's this sort of radiance that takes on uh, all around you. And after a moment, you can't see before you are unceremoniously dumped into desert dirt from like, it feels 10 feet. (gasps) And all your stuff is on you. You're dressed like you were when you left and you are tumbling off of a stone ship that was once oh, in the burial yeah. chamber and it's now crashed beneath you. It's night and there's a full on war happening around you, but not like the great war from the vision. This is like, you know, there are uh, Italian militants shooting guns at zombies And you see several jackal-headed structures and constructs that are stomping around, and there is just this full-on undead battle happening. In the middle of it, even as you are just kind of collecting yourself and trying to orient yourself, you see Stanley has loosened his tie because he is taking on several zombies all at once. I mean, he is knocking off heads. He has... A, a samurai sword in one hand you don't know where he got that and the other he's got you know a rifle and he's just like doing john woo style leaps from high places as explosions go off behind him um you know taking names he's he's seems well, to be chris what what are the you said there's like a, an army pitched battle yeah there's zombies and what's the other army mostly italian soldiers Oh, okay. Okay. 
and uh, you are in the middle of the battlefield. So as you orient, you can kind of see around and you're sort of in the middle of the desert, but you see what look like uh, ruins, some sort of ancient ruins uh, off uh, uh, towards the middle of the battleground. Okay. But the rest of it is just sand and, and, and dirt and dunes. So something broke out in the middle of some desert. Scarlet right. just pulls out her shotgun, or not her shotguns, her pistol. She has like two pistols and she's ready. I'm going to approach Stanley. <laughs> Stanley is. Stanley, Stanley, my dear, Libby Scarsdale, Burton County Record. Oh, you know that. We work together. So what's happening here? Where, Where are we? What's going on? Where were you? You I left told me you. with the mummy, and <laughs> now there's a, there's a undead army. I've had to work with the Colonel Giuseppe, whatever his name is. We're, there's a full-on war going on here. Yes. I um, was supposed to be leaving for Woolworths. Where, have you where? seen a Frank Warden? Yeah, look. Any points, and you see for the first time uh frank warden is sort of at the helm of the undead army Mm. and he has his face his entire face is is lapis lazuli or i guess half of it where he has the eye of horus drawn on the lapis lazuli stone part of his face and he is um commanding the undead army his uh, his posture is very different. He doesn't even look human anymore. Um, do we he have a clear was. line of sight to him? It's uh, a a wild big battlefield, but in general, yes. Okay. And he's not on high ground or anything because, like I said, it's sort of just this flat plane. Oh, okay, but... yeah. That, okay. okay, cool, good. I'm glad he doesn't have the high ground. We well, yeah, then it would be down. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, no. We no. have he one more episode. He underestimates our power. He underestimates all of our power. We have one more episode, so we can't put him on the high ground. Um, I uh, just before we have a chance to do anything else, want to have uh, p- pull up the photonic wrench, focus it into that like pure yellow laser you know just um you know as uh uh, amped as a laser can be right just pure damaging uh burning laser and drilling through whatever is between me and him just (laughs) trying to hit all right go ahead and roll your shoot okay uh this is a a long distance, so I'm going to need... Uh, you'll, you'll lose a die. It'll be a disadvantage. Okay. So, let's see. I have six for that, plus one for my wrench. Um, am I uncovering lost knowledge? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. My, my catches are still balanced out. You're finding we, new lost knowledge, I guess. Do, do we... We still have all our same catches? Yes. Okay. You have not been able to rest yet. Okay, so then, so so back down to six. All right, hold on. And no luck dice. Oof, I'm going to push my luck. Okay, I got a six. It was on the luck die, if that matters, but that's what happened. Yeah, uh, no, six on a hero die matters, but... Oh, right, right, yeah, okay. So the, uh, the laser hits him square on, and obliterates part of his torso which immediately heals what about any of the zombies that hits on the way through do they go down or do they recover as well 
uh, yeah, three of them go down. And they stay um, down. Yeah, they stay down. Maybe they, they, they're trying to get up. Like, they're not dead again. Oh, uh, okay. But, they're, but yeah. they're, you know, they're, they got blasted. So He's he, using the eye. He's immortal. Yeah. He, he sna- snaps his head over to you and just does this primal guttural shout in that ancient language that you heard before. Mm. And now um, a whole... Uh, uh, I'm forgetting my military terms. A wing of the army. Phalanx? No, that's when you have shields. Uh, but anyway, a whole wing of the army is now reorienting, turning their mm. attention over to you and beginning to march. Hey, Libby. Yes. Utterance 82. It's, it's 83 to return the dead to the grave, but I was thinking the same. Thank you so much. Sorry, I thought we it was need a, We need a royal offering. Uh, because uh, the uh, yes, the ro- the royal offering uh, will help uh, sate whatever god. So whatever you have on you that's precious to you is just going to have to do. Do uh, I have my flask? Okay, uh, wonderful. I uh, have my uh, all of the notes. I have all of the notes I've taken from this uh, this voyage, which I'm going to turn over because uh, I think I can write a great column just from my memory. Uh, Amelia, I think perhaps that uh, photonic device of yours would be a great. Uh, no, I don't think we can get rid of that. Okay, well. N- no. <laughs> I... Amelia, you need to give up something of value then. Um, I have the notes that I took from the inside of the painted lady. All right. Barry, what do you have that we can give up of value? Barry pats himself and he's, he's kind of at a loss. And then he, he says, I give the lady. Okay. okay. That's, a, that's a bit much. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's give it a shot here. So uh, our royal offering is prepared. Um, yes, uh, the Eye of Horus is given to him that he may be satisfied with it. And hopefully that will work. Hopefully there will be just a thunderclap and all the zombies will disappear. Okay, so what test is this? This is savvy, I think? No, no. Yeah. Hmm. I guess well, we learned true. last time that if we don't use a deity, it can be neutral, so. I'm, appe- I'm appealing to Isis because we're in love. All right, I think I I think uh, I think it's savvy. We're kind right. of stretching it, but let's use that. All right, savvy. So that'll be uh, that'll be ten. All right. Oh dear God! <laughs> I got two successes, but I rolled three luck die, and they were all ones. <laughs> Oh my god. That's three catches. <laughs> I'm going to be out because that's all the catches does, I have. Does that knock you out? Um, uh actually it might not. Let me let me do let me recheck here. Um yes, I only have one catch, so I can take three catches and Maybe you yes. should apply to uh, appeal to Isis a little harder. <laughs> Baby, come down here. Help me. But yes, uh I did get successes, so two of them. <laughs> Okay, the ground begins to shake and then rumble, and it's a full-on earthquake. And out of the ground, a giant serpent lurches high into the sky. You recognize this as Isis's serpent form. 
as you just saw it. And she lands hard on the ground, like, you know, freaking Dune, smashing a bunch of zombies as she does it. And Frank Warden looks at her now and just screams in this ancient Egyptian language. And he has two sabers in his hands and jumps at her. And now they are in in a full-on fight. And that's where we are going to close this episode of The Eye of Horus. Wow. Wow. I just want to uh, note for the record, I took the catches emotional because my girlfriend's here. Uh, Flipped, uh, overwhelmed because my girlfriend's here and she's a snake. And on the run because my girlfriend's here and she's a snake and she's fighting a giant zombie man. Yeah, I think her uh, out of the scene needing uh, in need of rescue, I think her entrance is sort of like put you in danger and you're probably unconscious from the rebel that she created. Right. So, uh, so we'll have to deal with that next time. That's exciting. Okay. Well, that was our uh, uh, grand circle tour of the Egyptian afterlife. I uh, hope that you are feel less guilty. Lighter, for sure. Lighter. Hope you feel uh, ready to take on. Uh, well, he's not a colonel anymore. He's the avatar of Set. So we'll see how that goes for you. But it will be our climatic conclusion. So it's going to go one way or another. I think that Scarlet heard that it's already too late. So I don't know. So th- this is our wrong. penultimate episode, everyone. Just, uh, just so you That's know, it. tune That's in it. next time. I mean, Scarlet is like not going to believe it's too late. She's going to do everything in her power to stop it because she was told she can. Yeah, so we are uh, the we, god of death. <laughs> we have uh, an exciting conclusion coming up in two weeks. So be sure to come back and tune in at the close of the Eye of Horus. I'll be a little sad that it's over, but we can we can start watching Moon Knight and kind of get our fix. We're missing some key elements, though. We're missing yeah. five lesbians and Barry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. Okay, great. Well, I'm I'm Christopher Gray, uh, and I think you know that. So I'll move it on to uh, Emily. Do you want to do your outro? How does my normal voice work? Um, <laughs> I I really actually had to think that for a second. I'm Emily St. James. I've been playing Libby Scarsdale and I am, you know, going to be sad to see her go, but also I think everyone in my life will be glad that I am no longer uh, absorbed into her powerful presence. (laughs) Um, You can find me on online on Twitter at twitter.com slash Emily VDW, where I talk about all my adventures and also, um, Batman. I don't know. I tweeted about Batman last night. So, Blythe. Be fun. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have been Blythe Kala. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Blythe Kala. That's T H E B L Y T H E K A L A. Uh, I almost forgot how to spell my own name. So we're doing great. Uh, I am over at the Scabby Roosters on Mondays at 8 p.m. playing in Total Party Kills, where we play the monsters trying to get all these grubby heroes out of our dungeons. Like, 
why do they think they can just come through and kill us? And we've already adopted a little mon- a little fungus guy. He's so cute. His name is George. I love him. Uh, so yeah, tune in for that. It's great. That's at the Scabby Rooster at 8 p.m. And in May, May 13th, Friday 13th, I will be over on, uh, why am I so bad at names today? Uh, Q Times. I will be over on Q Times playing on Parliament of Owls. And it's going to be exciting and very fun. And it's Pathfinder 2E and I'm excited to do that. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter if you want to hear because I'll remember better there. <laughs> awesome. See you, Chopper. Hi, Chopper. You were so sleepy a second ago. Why are you being hyper? Joe, take us through your outro. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe, and I uh, was reading for uh, Barry, Barry the Ferryman. Uh, again, not represented. So uh, if you would like to consider me for this part, um, I guess follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Joe Love Stories. Uh, also, if you like what I do, uh, I can currently be seen playing Wolf, an XCOM Ranger, over on Jason's channel. Uh, it's probably okay. Uh, if you want something other than Barry, Wolf will fit that role uh, <laughs> very well. Uh, you'll get a good range of what I can do as a performer. Uh, so you can find that over there, and you might see me in more campaigns and one-shots as we close out and I go into summer and go on break. Uh, if you'd like to follow that, you can get all the details at my Twitter, Joe Love Stories. Awesome. Jason. That's me. I'm Jason. You can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at It's Probably Okay, as Joe mentioned. Um, on Fridays, I have a little two-screen setup with my friend Sam. We play some video games. Um, and then Saturdays, we have our, our campaign that's also almost about to wrap up. I think just two more episodes left. So, um, yeah, and set in the XCOM world. Uh, I've, I've, kind of, I've started making it a thing where I, I put... Tabletop RPGs in whatever the <laughs> video game world that's on the top of my mind at that moment. So um, maybe I'll just keep doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, keep an eye there for uh, more stuff. And um, hoping to start up a new campaign at uh, Happy Jacks as well. Um, don't know anything about that yet. I'm just hopefully in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Will so it in- stay tuned. Will it involve Batman? Because uh, probably not. Oh, boy. Um, also, I but I don't know if we're. I'm, I'm just going to check to see if I can use the raid command. I'm not actually going to send us to raid yet. But since we mentioned Q times and the, you know they they're they're cool folks over there, I'm going to see if I can activate a raid. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll send us on that raid when we're done. Uh, Chris, any uh, final words? Uh, remember to keep the order of Mott, and you'll be fine. And drink your Ovaltine. Most especially. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.
This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.